Welcome to the Millennial Missions Podcast. Our heart is to connect missionaries all around the world, filling them with hope as they strive to fulfill their calling in Christ and to empower others to go. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Millennial Missions Podcast. My name is Tyler Lee. I'm so honored to have you with us. I have a special treat for you today. My dear, dear friend, all the way back from Bible school days, John Paul D. Rungs II is here today. Um, I'm going to introduce you in a second. Introduce him in a second. If you want to connect with us, you can connect with us at the millennialmissions.org website, and then you can also join our Millennial Missions Facebook group. It is just a place where people who are on the mission field and who want to be on the mission field and just have a heart for missions can just get together and connect with one another. And so you can find us there. All right. So John Paul, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tyler. It's good to be here. I just, I got to say, I've been very excited about this for, I mean, when did we talk about doing this? Probably January-ish? Yeah, I would say months ago. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I mean, it is May that we're recording. Um, I mean, it was before my second son was born. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> I know, man. A lot of changes have taken place so far. I know. I know. And I'm back in Guatemala. Uh, it took forever to get back here due to having a kid and COVID, of course. Hey, way to navigate, man. Yeah, yep. things get a little more complicated as you uh, procreate. So well yeah, done. exactly. Well, um, for those that maybe you don't know John Paul, uh, John Paul is one of my closest friends that uh, we met in Bible school. And I got to say, I don't know about you, John Paul. I think we talked about this, but I don't think I've ever clicked with anyone as fast <laughs> as, I, <laughs> as I clicked with you. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that uh, from saying hi to, uh, I don't know, shaking hands. I think we already knew this is going to be a good friendship. Yeah. Um, so we, at our Bible school, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, we had a thing called prayer school and healing school, which is basically, uh, one hour. It was a, basically a time for prayer and teaching on prayer. And then the next hour was the same thing with healing. It was just a time of teaching on healing. And for people that needed healing, they could come get laid hands on. And, um, it started late our first year. You remember that it started late because uh, I think I think uh, Miss Leanne was was out. Sure. And so um, it was. I think it was October that I was just standing out outside waiting because the the guy I was normally going with didn't come today. Come that day, and you just walked up and you're like, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, well, I didn't know it was that magical, but it was. Uh... <laughs> I'm glad that you remember the details of it because I don't remember a whole ton of it. Yeah, no, I, you just you were just like, hey, uh, so um, I'm John Paul. And I just thought that was kind of interesting that, you know, you just uh, you were like, I'm John Paul. Um, but just so you guys know, John Paul does not enjoy very much being called JP. So if you call him JP, then you don't know him very well. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think, I think over the years I've, I've, uh, the edge on that's kind of dulled. So I've kind of been lulled into it. Well, I'm sure you don't have much of a choice at times. <laughs> no, no, so no, it's, uh, but no, John Paul does carry a little more weight still. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when, when you've had several popes named John Paul, I think people tend to listen. It's, it's true. I am. I'm very uh, well received within the, the Catholic faith. I'll say that. <laughs> you do very well here in Guatemala. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we just, I mean, he just asked, you know, hey, you want to sit with me? And then, you know, it was a, um, what we call a Holy Ghost meeting. Mm-hmm. And um, from that moment on, we just clicked. You just, just clicked. It's true. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's uh, it's it's excellent because with with uh, you, it's I know we got we got a good friendship. We get along well, just hanging out. But not only that, it's uh, just it's rare when you find somebody that you have a similar calling with as well, where you know that you're going to be doing similar things uh, in the future for the Lord, and you know, with us doing missions specifically. And but then on top of it, you can also just laugh and crack jokes with each other. So yeah, exactly. Welcome. Welcome friendship and change for that point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like we have gone very a very long time without talking at times, but the second we we do, it's just laughing and enjoying each other like we were, you know, with each other the, the day before. Yep, not skipping a beat. Yeah, sure. absolutely. So tell me, how did you end up at we went to Rama Bible Training College? Um, but how did you end up there? How did you end up in Bible school? Um, well, I, so I'm from Minnesota in the U S and I was going to, um, or I just finished going to community college actually. And I was working as or in the real estate appraisal field and as a part-time job, or actually that was part-time, but then also selling gym memberships. So, uh, real estate wasn't going so hot. But, <laughs> but um, in the time I, I ended up going to a church nearby and I accidentally snuck into one of their leadership courses. I was meant for uh, members of the church, I guess. But long story short, one of the guys came out, one of the pastors, and he's like, hey, have you ever considered going to Rhema? And I'm like, what is a Rhema? What you know? is a Rhema? <laughs> what is that? And so that was in November of 2012. And then I ended up visiting the school in May in 2013. And uh, oh, so you actually long. you actually did one of the college weekends. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, my dad and I just wow. drove down from Minnesota to Oklahoma for a weekend and just did it. Nice. And so when I got there, I was like, it seems like the right thing to do. And there's a lot more to it. Um, uh, showing where God provided in amazing ways and, and all this stuff. Um in his leading and financially and all this different stuff. And, um, but one thing I'll say that was cool is I was praying about whether or not I should go to the school. And I was sitting, I was at my parents' house and I was by myself on their deck at night. And I'm like, Lord, what should I do? And I just heard, um, you know, this inaudible voice on the inside of me saying that, you know, you can do whatever you want, but if you go to Rama, you'll be like, a tree planted beside a river and you'll have everything you need. And I'm like, huh, that's cool. Come to find out that's Psalm one. I didn't know that was actual <laughs> Bible verse. <laughs> and, uh, oh, so that awesome. was cool. Um, never heard that analogy before, but then I ended up going that, that fall. And uh, that was when at the beginning of the school year, that's when I believe I was um, really starting to focus more on missions. I, I've done missions my entire life from uh, high school on. Um, but the thing is, I never thought that I would pursue it as a, a main, I, I guess you could say calling and career. And so because of that, uh, in school, I, I started to feel the, the calling to do it and the leading. And it wasn't anything where, you know, I could really articulate it this way best. I looked and thought, where are the people that need Christ and where are people not going? Like, where are the hard areas that people aren't going to? Because I'm like, you know what? I might as well do it because I'm able 
too. And so I'm like, where are people getting shot at for the gospel? You know, that, was my, that was my first criteria. And uh, immediately I was thinking the Middle East. That's probably where it's probably rough and, and people aren't necessarily going all the time. And you blend in so well. Yeah, you, yeah. You tall, yeah. muscular, blonde man, you. Yeah, yeah. Looking like a six foot two white guy with blue eyes. And blonde, like and, and blonde, blonde hair. Yeah, straight out of Scandinavia. Um, you know, but uh, but yeah, so I, I figured, yeah, that, that seems like the right way to go. And so I did two years at Rama and uh, focused in on pastorings and then around my pastoring degree. And then in the third year at school, I focused on world missions. And that's where I really started to get a better idea of what it would take to actually move out of the U.S. and go uh, share the gospel with people and start works and, you know, whatever else ministry would call for in those areas. And it, it was cool. So at the end of the year, I was able to go on a about a month and a half trip out to the Middle East where I spent two weeks in Lebanon, a week in Iraq, and then I finished out another two weeks in Lebanon. And that really opened up my eyes to uh, the Middle East and what it was like out there because it is not the U.S. That's for sure. So, <laughs> you know, I, I I wasn't stunned, but I definitely had some culture. I, I don't know if it's shock or if it's just a surprise or what a realization, <laughs> but it was it was eye opening to say the very least. And and after I got back, I thought I they they need people out there, and I'm not anything special, but I guess I'm just willing to go, and um, and I just could trust God to do the rest. And that's, that. that's so cool. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Middle East is no joke. I mean, that is absolutely no joke. And I remember in Bible school to set the stage for the people listening, we, John Paul and I typically would work out after school, you know, for our first year, I will say our first year, we, we would go to the gym and we would, we would work out. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards was the best part is we would just sit in the sauna for a shockingly long time that, that was cardio <laughs> that was our cardio yeah, yeah we did yeah and so we would we would sit in there and that is really i mean that's really how we really just kind of just shared what our hearts were what we wanted to do in ministry and um i remember one thing that you said was i plan to go to the middle east I don't know if I'm ever going to get married. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that's a good segue. Um, yeah, no, I remember that because I was thinking, what kind of lady would want to go out there and just yeah. subject yourself to um, those kind of conditions? Because I didn't know what it was like if it's kind of sure you go out there and you find a tent and you're just a nomad going village to village or if you're in a, a city where it's rough or something. And because um, in some areas, I know... Uh, that I visited, there's some areas where it's illegal to share the gospel and it's right. even punishable by death. And, and, you didn't want, and you didn't want to have to be Abraham and say, well, this is my sister. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> want to pull one of those. That's right. You know? Um, yeah. And so I'm like, I, I just think it'd be easier for me to go out there by myself and I'd it'd be unhindered and all this different stuff. And uh, cause then I wouldn't have to try and make sure that my family's safe while I'm out there. And you know, I was thinking that in my own head and I, I just never could imagine somebody, some other person, you know, or having a wife that wanted to go out there. Uh, lo and behold, though, <laughs> uh, suddenly, uh, so when I was in my third year of school doing the mission program, 
I met a girl uh, who was from Australia. I met her in the beginning of March, end of February, and I was talking to her, and she had a heart to go out to the Middle East. And I'm like, really? Huh. How interesting. I know. And, uh, you know, she was doing, I mean, like she was, she's been to Israel before and she uh, uh, did that. And she also just went to Dubai by herself at one point. And I'm like, who is this lady? And uh, anyway, keeping the story super short, uh, I kept in contact with her and then decided to marry her five months later. And that's my wife now. And so, amen. (laughs) <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is about that side note about, cause I know sometimes people wonder about, well, geez, what do you do when you're trying to find a spouse? And, and, you know, so many people are, uh, and I was, I was like this too. I'm like, like, Oh, you know, how do, how do you find the right one and all this stuff? It's funny. At least for me, I, I, I dated a couple of girls in my life up to that point and had some girlfriends. And it's funny because when I met my wife at, uh, who wasn't, you know, or met my wife, I was at the time under the impression that the Lord wanted me to stay single and he did and really focus in on why I was at school. And so I was focusing on learning how to do missions, my relationship with the Lord, all this stuff. Um, and, and really focusing there. And then when I met her, I was like, Oh, she's cool. And I said to myself, as I walked away, I'm like, all right, see her never. And then, (laughs) uh, but the funny thing was, is then as I was walking away, that same, um, small still voice inside of me of the Lord. He was like, you should really talk to this one. And I'm like, did that, was that really good? Because I've never heard that about a female ever, <laughs> ever, so, ever. All the other ones I dated, I feel like he was just, you know, just saying, oh, all right, fine. You know, take your lashes, but this ain't what you're <laughs> supposed to do. Um, but yeah. So with, with Larissa, it, she uh, was the only woman that I heard the Lord say, no, you should really talk to this one. And then from that point on, that's where everything sprung up. And I got to hear her heart for the Lord and where she felt called was the Middle East as well. And so what was so wonderful about this whole thing is I sought to follow the Lord and his will for my life. And I truly was um, like, especially in relationships, I wasn't looking for a wife at that time. And she wasn't looking for a husband and she didn't want to marry an American either, (laughs) you know, (laughs) With her being from Australia, she was like, I'm not going to move to America. Yeah. Uh, Fast forward, we're living in Oklahoma. But um, (laughs) but, uh, the the point, though, is, you know, I was seeking after the Lord. And, you know, that verse in Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6 about you just, you trust in him and not lean on your own understanding and he'll make all your paths straight. Uh, It happened because he uh, matched me up with... uh, somebody where it's as if I was walking down the path following after the Lord. And then I looked to my right and there's somebody on like the same path. And all we did was join hands and start doing it together versus, you know, uh, some people feeling called to go uh, pastor a church over in California or in Iowa, or they feel like they're supposed to just be um, in business, working a regular nine to five job. While the other one feels like they're supposed to be in, you know, South Africa or go off to Timbuktu, you know, like right. and go do work out there. It's just that it doesn't work. Um, right. You got people with two totally different callings. And so what was the beautiful thing is um, we both were just seeking after God wholeheartedly. and He ended up bringing us together. And, right. and it was just an 
a beautiful thing. And I'm so thankful for his faithfulness with that, because like I said, in the sauna, I don't think I'm ever going to find a wife who wants to do this. <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember uh, that. Yeah. I don't remember anything. I don't even remember my response, but I just remember thinking, well, well, at least he's, at least he's content. <laughs> <laughs> Tough luck guy, but hey, at least he's content in the Lord. Yeah. But, she, but you know, I also, I also think this too, because, you know, I know I heard a lot of people say this in, in Bible school. Um, they were like, well, you know, I'm called to do this. So I can't, I can't even think about dating that person because they think they're going to do this. Sure. And it, it, it's kind of one of those things where God's going to show you like a little picture, like sure. the, the calling that you have, so to speak, it, it's only a glimpse that mm-hmm. you don't fully know everything that you're going to do. So just because they think they're going to do this, they've seen that glimpse and you've seen this glimpse doesn't mean that together you know, you're not going to actually both be fulfilling those things together at different times in your life. And so I feel like there is, there is an overemphasis on thinking that you need to have everything from A to Z planned before you even begin to begin to go. And so I think for you, you know, you, you knew that you were called to the Middle East you know, and you were making strides to go that way. And, you know, you can look back and say, well, anybody that I pursue was probably, you know, didn't work out, you know, for whatever reason, but, you know, God does bring people into your life that you never know, right? You know, you, you, you never know. Sure. Well, and, and even in regards to that picture analogy with, with the calling, I mean, it's, it's true because I, even with me, I was planning on moving to um, Iraq after I graduated school. That was what I was going to do until I yeah. met my wife. Um, and with her being from Australia, we ended up having to move back to Minnesota and work on her immigration stuff for the U.S. But even while all that stuff was still going on, we we saw the Lord developing us for mission work out in the Middle East. And and with that, even I mean, we've been out there a couple times together now. And recently, we just took our daughter out to um a place out there uh for the first time so we were taking our one and a half year old with us now and my wife is like eight months pregnant <laughs> and and so um i say that stuff for the sake of uh, i never thought i would be doing it like this and but i like it just comes down to being led by the lord i know he gave me this as like you said the general idea that i'd be working on the middle east and I thought it would be this way. Like I would move sure. to a nation and then I would help out somebody else that's already doing it, learn from them, uh, learn the language, do all this stuff. And then after a couple of years of doing that, then I might come back and, and maybe find somebody to marry and take them out and do it or, or not even that, you know, I just, I didn't know, but what ended up happening was totally different. I never thought I'd move back to my hometown sure. uh, with a wife and then do shorter term mission trips and now in our life, we're actually looking into moving out to the Middle East. Yeah, and that's after five years of marriage. And we've never lost the, the focus on that and of seeking God and following him and his will for our life. And it's always been consistent with that grand plan of the Middle East. It's just I, I finally learned to give God room to, to guide us in that versus trying to map it out myself. Right. And uh, I suppose you could say instead of trying to develop a plan and asking God to bless it, 
I slowed down to finally figure out what is your will for my life? Because that's what's going to produce the most fruit, get the most people saved and save a lot of headache, not only for us, but for other people. Sure. Well, because you could have even when you felt like the Lord was just saying, hey, you should talk to her. You could have just quickly rationalized. Well, I know I'm supposed to go to Iraq. I plan to go there. You know, at this point, you know, in a couple months, I'm planning on shipping out there. There's no way, you know this is not going to work. You could have just been like, well, uh, that it's not going to work. And what I feel like I'm, you know, my calling, what I'm I'm planning to do, it's not going to, it's not going to work out. So you could have quickly dismissed that. Right. Well, and the thing, and you're completely correct. And the thing about it that I've noticed was the fair number of people that concern me is the fact that they, they tend to um, say the plan, here's the plan that I have for my life. Sure. And, and, and I, there's a, and they can do that in ministry too. Like uh, ha- having the call of God in my life and in my plans and people saying, well, what do you want to do with your life? And, and, and having that question posed to them, I think it's just, it's kind of interesting as believers to have it that way as our perspective, as opposed, I think we really should have the mindset of, no, what does God want us to do with our life? Yeah. Because, um, the way I see it, I guess, is, is being eternally mindset or having an eternal mindset and just thinking, okay, so if the Bible's true and heaven is real and hell is real, then the earth here is an important time, but it's only temporary. And so with that in mind, it's all about just trying to share the gospel with people and giving them the opportunity to choose Christ so they can be forgiven of their sins and spend eternity with God yeah. and, and escape hell. That's basically what our role is as Christians is just to lead people to Christ so they can make that decision. And hopefully they make that choice to receive him as their Lord. Um, But with that mindset, then life starts to become a little more simple because that's the basis of all your decisions, you know, kind of in the back of your head, that's your main goal. And so for us, it's, uh, it's funny because I've tried, for example, uh, I like, uh, I like, you know, I like doing woodworking, right? Yeah. And I've tried to uh, make businesses, uh, both when I was in Minnesota, starting to make a little traction and stuff. And, um, but uh, I, I started to do business and stuff like that up there. But then when I moved down to Oklahoma recently, because we believe the Lord wants us to do that for the sake of ministry and missions, um, I've attempted numerous times to start businesses because <laughs> I like doing it. But for some reason, I didn't lose any money, really, but I just would break even and they would fall flat and they just Mm -hmm. wouldn't work. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I finally just sat down and and I I stopped thinking, what would I like to do with my time? It'd be kind of fun to do business and different things while doing ministry. But I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do with my time? And he was leading me that the reason that we came down here is for the sake of the ministry specifically in our lives. And so our main goal or that God has called us to and main focus is not to uh, generate funds necessarily and work a regular job, but it's actually for the sake of the, the ministry. So reaching out to people, evangelizing, uh, planning out trips in, or to the Middle East and, and doing stuff like that. So recently, um, I, I started to focus on that in January more so. And I stopped trying to start these businesses, <laughs> you know, <laughs> along with doing ministry, but I, I started to focus solely on that. And uh, because we, we've had enough funds come in uh, for our ministry where we can do that. And That's so um, so because of that, I started to see tremendous fruits start to happen. 
where uh, it was even to the point where, for example, when I started to do that, all of a sudden I, I started getting hit up by Mormons on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and so I ended up talking to seven Mormons in three days and sharing the gospel and all that stuff. And, and I started to see fruit uh, coming where even talking with some people that were saved, but they're starting to struggle in their faith. And so I started to talk to them about the, the word of God and what it really says and, and guiding them in that and helping with ministry uh, with people I know and people close to me. And even um, it got to the point where I remember one night I was hearing or I was praying and I was listening to the Lord and I heard him say that there's this one person I knew that was struggling with something in their life, like a deep, deep hurt, loss struggle. And I've heard the Lord leading me to uh, talk to them. Uh, but he said, call them Tuesday night. And so I set up an alarm and, you know, it's, that's pretty specific. Very so specific. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, all right. So I set an alarm in my phone so I wouldn't miss it. And I called them Tuesday night, uh, keeping the story short. It turns out that person was about to commit suicide that night, Tuesday night. And because of the call that I gave them and sharing the gospel with them and all this stuff, save their life. And now they're, they're seeking after God. And so I say all this for the sake of, it's not anything that I'm not great. And I'm not, uh, you know, some, some guy with a bunch of talent and skills or anything like that. Uh, but I'm realizing that when you take that time to focus on what God really is calling you to do, he gets through or he gets through to you. He, you can hear what he's trying to say to you and you start to see fruit like this. So yeah. even in the last couple of months, it's amazing. I've seen people give their life to Christ. I, I know at least one person is now still alive because of the leading of the Lord. Yeah. And, and we recently got to go out into the Middle East and, and start to see and plan out what it would look like to go out and, and live there and reach people for Christ out in those countries. And so, um, I guess my point with all this stuff is coming back to the call of the Lord uh, or the why, actually I listened to some of your podcasts and you know, the why or the need, the call and, and the action, like there's a need out there for people to get saved everywhere, whether it's um, your neighbor, which we've gotten to share the gospel with our neighbors here too, or people halfway around the world where that's where we were a couple of weeks ago. And so now um there, we know the need, but then we listen to what's the call specifically to us because we can't reach the entire world, my wife and I. We, we just can't. It's impossible. Right. But we can do what God's called us to do. And, and finally, in January, I really started to listen more so to that in regards to ministry. And, um, and now we're starting, and, and I guess my job too, but now we're seeing fruit. And, and we, all we did for the action portion of that stuff was I, I saw the need. I listened to the call of God and I just did what he told me. Nothing less or nothing right. more than that. Right. And you know, even down to that phone call to that person, call him Tuesday night. Okay. It's Sunday. You know, maybe I, I was like, shouldn't I have called him maybe Monday or even Sunday as I was hearing that? But no, I, I took the time and I really heard the Lord say Tuesday and we see the fruit of it now. Right. Um, and so all I'm doing now is, is when I do know what God wants me to do, uh, I just simply do it and is my main goal. And so I guess it's, it's simple in that regard because it proves the fact that all we do is hear the Lord and listen to him. And he shows off his faithfulness and sure. he works through us to produce the fruit of that stuff. And I think, I think there is such an under emphasis on 
the, really the need for people to really just, just stop and listen, mm-hmm. you know, like we, we, we pretend that, you know, we, we, you know, we pretend that we just feel like everything is figured out or we pretend like, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's okay. If we don't, if we don't do everything that we're supposed to do, because sure. at the end of the day, God's going to take care of it. At the end of the day, things are going to be taken care of. It's still going to be no big deal, but there is a great importance on really following that leading of the Holy spirit. You know, you talk about this, this person, you know, God said, call them Tuesday night. You're like, ah, I got something going on Tuesday. I'll call them Wednesday. Right. He could have been dead. And so it, 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 you, you can't just be like, well, you know, it's okay. Yeah. I kind of feel like I should go to Southeast Asia, but you know, that, that's, that's, that's a big step. That's hard. You know, who knows, you know, well, what's going to happen if you don't go? I think that's the question people really need to start asking Christians at this time in 2021 with the crazy climate that is out there politically, economically, you know, spiritually, you, people have to begin to ask themselves, what would happen if I don't go? Not, not what's going to happen if I do go, but what, what's going to happen if I don't go and choose to follow what God, I know what I know God is calling me to do. Sure. Well, and, and the thing that really uh, changed for me is I, I know within uh, the body of Christ, there's different persuasions and, and, and perspectives on how uh, the sovereignty of God works. And, and God is sovereign. I, I, no matter what, that's the facts. He, he controls the universe in terms of he spun everything into an existence. Sure. But in his sovereign decision, he did decide to give us free will is what I'm reading in the scriptures. And the thing that that hit me um, majorly was I went through a time where I thought that the Lord really did dictate all of the actions and decisions of man. Yeah. And uh, and I started to read the Bible more. And there's just some things where I can't fully com- commit to that. And and for sure, I, I, I can't now. Um, but there's there's simple things. But there's one that's super profound to me. And it's actually in First Timothy chapter two and it's verse three and four and it talks about god and his character it just said this is this is uh, you can read more for context but here it says this is good and it pleases god our savior who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth and and so right there we can see that the will of god is that everybody would be saved yeah and uh in another passage in scripture he wishes that none men would be would perish um so we can see that that's god's will but at the same time, people still end up going to hell because they're not saved and they haven't received Christ as their Lord and, and got forgiven of their sins. And so I had to come to a decision. I'm like, well, I can see clearly here that there's contradictions to the logic saying that God controls everything because, or that his will takes place all the time because his will is clearly shown right here that he wants all to be saved, but they exactly. are Exactly. And so here's what I can say at the very least. I, I don't claim to have everything figured out by, by any means, but um, if, if, uh, if everything was dictated by the, by the Lord and everything was predetermined by him in terms of, um, even our free will, well, then I guess we just, we're just going to play out what we're going to do anyway. But, yeah. but my thing is, is I, I just don't think we have that luxury to rest in that. And at least when I had that mindset, my life was a lot less fruitful 
And I can think back to when I was um, right now, I'm just about to turn 30. But when I was about 20 years old, I, I was of that persuasion that God really did determine my decisions and my will. And so, and if he's going to save people, then he's going to save them. Um, and it's, you know, what's, if I don't share the gospel with this guy next to me, what's, what's the big deal? God, God will do it. But the thing is, is I read so many different scriptures about how, how are men going to hear unless it's, there's a preacher sent to preach to them. Yeah, exactly. You know, Romans 10 and in different areas. Um, and so I started to realize that at the very least, uh, or I, I'm convinced of this, this is, this is me. I'm convinced that our decisions do matter and that they make a difference. Um, and that's why God calls us to things. And even way back with the Israelites, he said, I've laid before you life and death. And, and, you know, so he said, there's life and death laid before you and, and we're supposed to choose which one, but he made it easy on us. Yeah. He said, uh, choose life. And so, uh, let me give you the you answer know, so, to that test. Yeah. I'm thankful for that one being an open book, but, uh, but so he calls us to do this stuff, but now, uh, it makes me realize that we, we have responsibility for our own lives and the decisions that we make and, and in God's sovereignty, he created us to do that. He said, this is right. how I'm going to do it. I'm going to give these people the ability to make a choice for themselves. And um, at the very least uh, with this stuff, we know that uh, we're called to do these things anyway uh, through the word of God and to, to preach the gospel to people and to, um, go minister to people and, and take care of right. them, whether it's uh, in their physical needs, in their mind, or in their, in their spirit, or in spiritual things. And so because of that, though, uh, there's a great weight on our decisions, and we need to make sure that we're hearing from the Lord and, and doing what he's calling us to do and, and seeking it to do it the way he wants us to. That's right. not, you know, because you could hear, hey, I want you to uh, start church. Okay, cool. But then you go down into Mexico and start a church, but you're really supposed to go do it in Canada, you know, and, and now you're missing out on, on what you're supposed to do and the people that you were supposed to reach. Um, you, God, God was going to grace you to do that, but now you're not even where you're supposed to right. be. Right, right. And so, uh, so yeah, you, you make an excellent point. It really does come down to we're supposed to um, hear the call of God and, and do what he calls us to do. And, and by us not doing that at the very least, it makes things a little more complicated for the Lord, you know, trying right. to find if he, if we're called yeah. to do something and somebody now he needs to find someone else to do it. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, cause, and, 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 and sometimes some things are time sensitive, so he can't always find someone sure. else to do it, to get it done. And in the right. time that it needs to be done, you know, I heard, I heard this, this evangelist tell this story one time, you know, he, he, he started off traveling and he, he didn't have a car. He didn't have a car. Um, and so he, 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 but he believed, you know, I, I am supposed to have my family with me on the road. I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's just what I believe I'm called to do. So I need a car that is big enough for the whole family. And so he was praying and praying and months after months passed. And he said, God, you know, you, 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 you said in your word, you know, the things that we ask for in your name, by your will, you know, we are supposed to receive. So he said, you know, you, you've called me to go there. You called me to bring my family, but I don't have the opportunity to do that yet. You know, where's my car? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, um, 
the response that he got was, I have asked seven different people to get you the car and it, and, and I'm on my eighth now <laughs> trying, <laughs> trying, trying, trying to get. And so, you know, the things that God has asked you to do can, can you not doing them not only prohibits the plan of God of going forward in your life, but can also affect someone else's. Right. Well, and, and that's an excellent point because, um, you know, I look even in the word of God and I look at, uh, you know, the, the original apostles, you know, what if Peter didn't feel like preaching that day on Pentecost? Yeah. You know, like 3000 people came to the Lord that day because of what God gave Peter to say. And he said yes and opened up his mouth and God gave him the message that led to repentance and devotion to Christ that day. Yeah. Um, and, and all Peter was, is he was a willing vessel and he stepped out in obedience and, and really that's, if we're going to boil everything down to in the terms of, of, um, the call and action in missions and just in life in general, following the Lord, that's what it is. is just being willing to hear from him and, and setting our, um, fleshly desires down and then obeying him. Right. Even, and, and there's times where it's, it's simple and it's, there's very little resistance from our, from our flesh. And it's, it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's easy, right. but there's other times too, where God calls us to do things. I know for me, for example, people have told me before, they're like, man, I don't know how you just talk to people and just share the gospel. It's, it seems like it's easy for you. And I'm like, oh, if you only knew <laughs> the inner turmoil sometimes when this comes up, oh. you know, like it, it's, it's, it's rough because it's, it's, uh, there's been, Sorry, I'm trying to collect myself. It, it's funny because with these, uh, some of these stories of when I've got shared the gospel with people, they, they haven't turned out always the best. I mean, one recently, I was, uh, I purchased a wood lathe from a guy and, you know, I want to make some, some bowls and stuff and some wood bowls, <laughs> you know, and I, I went out there to do that. And this is back in, um, I was in Minnesota visiting family at the time when I found one there. And uh, my, it's funny because uh, when I went out there, I, I saw the lathe paid for it. We loaded it up in the car and we're talking for a minute and he, and he's a guy who likes hunting and fishing and stuff. And we're talking about that. And, and I asked him, Hey man, do you mind if I ask you something kind of out of, or out of nowhere a little bit? He said, yeah, no problem. And um, I, I just had this feeling on the inside of me of like, Oh, I feel like I'm just going against the grain right now. And I'm, I'm really trying to shoehorn the gospel into this conversation, but I really felt like I was supposed to. <laughs> and so um, it was comical, but you know, like I used, I was, I was like, you know, with COVID and everything and people talking about death and all this stuff, you know, going on, I've been asking people, I'm just curious, do you know where you're going to go uh, when you die? And, you know, that was the hardest part was just mm -hmm. asking that question because that's an awkward question to ask people nowadays. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Especially because, with all the mythical crap out there that people are like, oh, I'm just going to float on by. Well, well weird stuff out there. Well, it's unfortunate because I do come across a lot of new agey and mysticism type stuff and universalist things. And, um, and, and because of that, though, with everybody being, a not everybody, but with that, that idea, it's, it's kind of pacified people. So if you do take a stance in Christ, the gospel can still be really offensive to people. Yeah. And so when I was talking to this guy, I was, I was sharing the gospel with him and I was trying to 
you know, I was, I was trying to be soft-spoken and, and really compassionate at the same time, telling him the full gospel. And I, and I did, but as I was talking mid sentence, he just turns around and walks into his garage and starts shutting the door on me, you know? And like, he didn't even, like, he wasn't even saying bye. He just turned around and I said, and he's like, all right, thanks brother. All right, bye. And then just hit the garage door. Mm. And, um, and, you know, that wasn't anything explosive, but that was a form of confrontation. And when I was driving away, I was just, I had this pit in my gut of, of grief because I'm like, this man doesn't realize what he's missing. Like he doesn't realize how much he needs Christ. And, and I started to really feel the heart of the Lord for people that just aren't saved and they reject yeah. Jesus. And, um, and it just, it hurts so much because I mean, I, it's like, this guy's sin is still on him and he has to pay for that at the end of his life. If he doesn't receive Christ who already paid that for him. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and so anyway, so with this, um, with evangelism, like that was a hard moment to bring up with this guy and, and to do it. And apparently it was hard for him to hear it because he just walked away. Right. You know? And, uh, and, and so, but, I knew God was calling me to do it and I don't regret it by any means because it, it, it gave him another opportunity. Right. And, and, and there's been other times though, where I share the gospel with people and it's, and it's pretty straightforward sometimes where it's like, Hey, you know, like if you, if you die right now, your sins on you and you go to hell, but Jesus died. So you wouldn't, so you can go to heaven right. and all you got to do is make Jesus the Lord of your life. Do you want to do that? And they're like, yes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's sharing the full counsel of God because um, it's, you know, some people say, well, you, you got to be careful and, and not preach fire and brimstone and scare right. people into heaven or out of hell or whatever. Um, the funny thing was, is that's how I got saved. I, I didn't want to go to hell, you know? Well, I know, I know. And I, I um, you know, I, I remember my, my, my mother said the same thing. You okay. know, a lot, a lot of people are like that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, with that. People, you know, people get saved how they get saved. It's what you do after you accept Jesus Christ, after you say the prayer, you know, what are you going to do? Are you just going to go back to the way you were because you didn't want to get say, go to hell? You, you, you just said the prayer or I didn't want to go to hell. I just got saved. Now I'm, now I'm going to meet Jesus, right. build that relationship with him, and then cultivate that, 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 you know, that life with him, right. you know? So it doesn't matter how you get saved. It's just, yeah, you know, what I are you going to do after you read that prayer? Say right. the prayer. Yeah. And I guess there's a good way to put it. You know, it's like, there's no wrong way to get saved or no bad way to get saved, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Saved. yeah. But you know, like uh, my point in saying this stuff though, is um, with not pulling punches and telling people the full truth, that is confrontational, but it's, it's loving. There's a, there's a gentleman like uh, Penn and Teller, the magician or magicians, Penn Jillette, he said one time, um, and it's still floating around the internet. You can Google it, but he was saying, talking about an, a time that somebody came up and shared, the gospel with him and he said very respectful man very nice and uh and he told pendulette the the facts of what was going on in terms of christ dying for sin and that our sin is on us and all this stuff and and he said pendulette said he's like you know what i really respected him for doing that and, and telling me that i still don't believe but i really respect it because if that's what you believe is true like this is the circumstances of, uh, of existence that you, if people die and they don't receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, um, and they, they'll be going to hell. If you don't tell them that Christ died for them, 
how much do you have to hate them to not tell yeah. them that message? Yeah. And I never thought of it in that perspective. Um, you know, because I'm like, oh my gosh, you, you're right. And he even went further. I think he used um, the analogy of if there's a bus barreling down on somebody um, and you, you're telling them, hey, you need to get out of the way. But at what point would you literally tackle them out of the way so they don't get hit by a bus? And, and the main point in that stuff is, is um, sharing the gospel with people and following the call of God at times, you really have to put down your fleshly to, um, desires and, and apprehensions and fears, because at least for me is the approval of people and the fear of man as the word of God describes it um, was a big thing for me. And I was like, I don't want them to think that I'm a jerk and right. I don't want Christ. I don't want to make Christ look like a jerk either, but the, that's the wrong perspective. Uh, God continues to teach me. Um, the real perspective that's true is that, no, if you love somebody enough, you'll tell them this. And, you know, even when you do it with the most compassion and love, sometimes people will still hate you for it right? Um, or despise you. But even Christ himself said, hey, they're not despising you. They're despising me, you right. know? Right. And, and so with that stuff, though, uh, that's why I make an emphasis with the call is it's, it's the most loving thing you can do is when you compassionately share the love of Jesus Christ and the truth with people that this is the circumstances that we have laid before us. And so whether that's, um, you know, me talking to my neighbors or going trying to reach Muslims in the Middle East, it needs to be done. Right. Um, but it, it just starts with being willing to do it and then being obedient with God call with what he calls you to do in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll pick up here next week, but I just wanted to say too, you know, some, some people, they, they are going to need a couple encounters with, with the gospel. And right. so that means somebody's going to have to do the first and the second, and then maybe the third guy that comes along with that guy is, is going to reel them in, but somebody has to set the stage. So, so it's almost like someone's got to take the hit. So the next guy can come in and, 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 and get it done. Right. Well, and, yeah. well, right. And I mean, and the word of God talks about that when Paul laid the foundations and, and, and Apollos and different people and all those guys, they came and watered things and, you know, and it could have been vice versa in certain areas, but I mean, that's, that's basically what it comes down to and, and, and getting the stuff all together. It's like, there's a need for people to still hear the, hear the gospel now and even yeah. more so um, now than ever, because there's billions of people living on the planet. Right. We all have a call to do it as believers in Christ. Right. Once we receive Jesus as our Lord, he says, you are now, or I'm now your Lord. And I'm telling you, go out and share this message that somebody shared with you. Yep. Go do that. And, and, and we have, and he tells us how and when to do that stuff. Um, and then the action that we take is just simply being willing and obedient in doing that call. And so it's, it's a simple process. It's just, it's, it comes in a complicated way of trusting God and, and putting our fleshly desires and fears down because we trust God more than, um, than our flesh and, and, and yeah. the things in this world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know we got a lot more to say. Um, so why don't we, why don't we wrap it up here? We'll pick it up in our next podcast, but how about you pray for everyone listening and then we'll, we'll close out. Okay. Well, father, I just want to thank you so much for your faithfulness. Like in your word, it says that even when we're faithless, you are still faithful and that you said that even while we were still sinners, you loved us and sent Christ for us. And so I pray Lord that everybody listening here, 
that we would be able to, to really hear what you have for our lives, the will that you have for our lives, the call that you have for our lives. And I, and I pray, Lord, for boldness to carry it out. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, there's no call that's too small uh, to, or for you. And that, I mean, everything that you call us to do has purpose behind it. And so I pray that if anyone's struggling with that and thinking just because they're not uh, moving out to a crazy part of the world or, um, or have their, their name broadcasted somewhere that they would think that they're not important to you or that their life doesn't count to reach people for you, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that they would receive the truth in that and that the Holy Spirit would right now even minister to them, that their life matters and that their decisions matter and that they are important to you, uh, not only because you love them and cherish them, but also because you're using them to draw more people unto you. So I just thank you for that, Lord. And I just pray that anything right now that would hinder that, you just be gone in Jesus' name. And I thank you that we're able all to just step out in the bold calls that you put on our life. And I thank you, Father, for being faithful to complete and to back us up into everything that you called us to. So we just love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, John Paul, for joining us. Don't worry, everyone. He's going to be with us next week as well, because I know he's got a lot more to say. I got a lot more things to ask him. But again, if you want to connect with us, you can do so at the millennialmissions.org website and then our Facebook group page. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Millennial Missions Podcast. We invite you to visit our website, millennialmissions.org, to read blog posts, find resources, and most importantly, to connect with us. See you next time.